Welcome to Herb W. Morgan's Slaying Bulls and Bears, a podcast about economics, markets, investing, politics, and profit. Every Monday, in less than 20 minutes, Wall Street portfolio manager Herb W. Morgan distills the complex and complicated into the simple and sensical. Here's Herb now. Good morning, everyone. Monday, September 13th, 2021. I'm Herb Morgan, Chief Investment Officer here at Efficient Market Advisors. This is the Economic and Market Commentary beginning this week. As a reminder, you can follow me intro-week on Twitter at ETF underscore strategist.com or on LinkedIn, just Herb, Herb Morgan. Uh, also, this is available both as a direct email to you with slides. You can see the graphs, et cetera. Uh, if you prefer, you can get it as a podcast on Apple, Spotify, Podchaser, all Google, all of the available different uh, podcasting formats. The presentation you're about to see and or hear is prepared by us for you. Uh, it is for use with both investors and financial advisors, each of, each of whom are expected to make their own investment decisions. Nothing contained in this broadcast should be treated as investment advice or a recommendation for the purchase or sale of any security is exclusively for informational purposes only. We had a rough week for equities, but we saw another week of outperformance by international markets. As you know, we're a little underweight international markets, a little overweight the U.S., because that's where the growth is. That's where the most innovative uh, companies are at the moment. But there has been a little bit of a rotation, not big yet, but a little bit of a rotation. As you can see, better performance from, say, the EFI and emerging markets than from the domestic, S&P 500, 400, and 600. You can see all Significantly negative last week, S&P down about 1.7%, small cap stocks down about 3%. Of course, we, got a, we caught a bid on bonds. It was barely up, but it was up. High yield did strong. I'm surprised by that because typically when equities sell off, high yield correlates and sells off as well. We sometimes refer to high yield as equity with a coupon, which is why high yield is one of the more risky parts of the bond market. You know, you've got lower credit bonds and with the economic cycle, if that were to turn, they would, you would expect some defaults. But with this going up nine basis points on the week means probably nobody's predicting a recession anytime soon. And we agree with that. Moving on to the economic data uh, from last week, you can see the first one, job openings, which was is a very big one, continue to surge. This is the highest reading ever. So almost 11 million job openings at the end of July in the United States. That far exceeds the number of unemployed, whether they're on uh, monetary assistance from a Fed, state, or other. Even the people that have exhausted it far exceeds the number. We should continue to see good jobs reports in the coming months because of this. And what the reason the openings is, businesses are saying very clearly, we're having a hard time filling the jobs, getting people to want to take the jobs or who have the qualifications, the specialized qualifications we need. Uh, and it's emboldening employees to make changes. They find jobs are much easier to get when you have 11 million openings. So the number of voluntary departures last month was very high at 4 million. This is certainly good for labor, right? It's a good labor market. Could get to the point where it begins to have a, a, a stress or pressure on profit margins. This is when inflation can be kind of a bad thing, right? 
can't pass that on. Be tough for investors, but good for uh, labor. Next piece of data we got was consumer credit. It was expected to be up 25 billion, but it was up 17 billion after a massive 38 billion rise, which was a record in the month of June. Consumer credit was up about five and a half billion on top of a massive $18 billion month as well. So consumers are feeling confident about the economic recovery. I see that as a positive. Also as a very, very strong positive, I'm finally to the point where we're in the low threes for initial claims for unemployment. We dropped from 345,000 down to 310. That was a big beat. The estimate was for 335. And that is a number. That is very consistent uh, with a high level of certainty with hiring, suggesting that the, the September jobs report is going to be a good one. I believe that the Fed will take that into consideration and note next week when they have their rate decision meeting, their regular FOMC meeting, more importantly than rates, they're not going to raise rates. I expect them to telegraph when they will begin to taper the asset purchases. I believe this is one of several indicators that is the Ali Ali Oxen free call to the voting members of that committee. Continuing claims also fell from 2.8 to about uh, 2.78, so just a little bit of a drop. And the other reason I think the Fed needs to get going, and I think they recognize this, is inflation pressures. This is the consumer price index, or excuse me, producer price index, PPI. We will get the CPI this week uh, in August, up seven tenths of a percent, more than expectations, and now up 8.3 year over year. It's one thing when you were a little below to let it go a little above the two. The green dash here represents 2%. That's their target. Four, okay. Six, okay. Eight, not okay. Fed needs to act. No question about it. Core PPI, which backs out volatile components of food and energy, was up more than twice what was expected. And quite frankly, this is the reason the market sold off last week. Uh, and, and now we say, well, let's look at some of these items. The Fed still is sort of maintaining their position that much of this is transitory. To a degree, they are correct. In July 21, take a look at the major changes from the last 12 months. Okay. This is from CPI, and this is not August, which we're going to get this month. We expect these numbers to go higher before they go lower, but this is what's available today. CPI, prior graph was PPI, all items 5.4%. Food, not so bad at 3.4%. Energy really driving things up at 24%. And they're saying, look, energy is volatile. Energy will come back around. Yes, fair enough. But let's dig into some of the components used cars and trucks. Well, we have a chip shortage. We can't get new cars on the lot, so people are buying used cars. There's a very limited supply of used cars. Obviously, that's driving prices through the roof. Used cars are up. Yeah, that's not a typo. You can see it there, 31.5% in a year. So that's pushing up the overall CPI number. As soon as the supply chain issues, the computer chip issues are resolved, you can bet that used car prices will drop like a stone. This is not a permanent uh, rate of inflation for used cars. This becomes a, it, 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 it lends to the Fed's case that yes, many elements of these hikes are transitory. Taking a look at another one, airline tickets. We can't even get a percentage here 
because they actually airline tickets were so negative, uh, obviously when everything shut down because of the COVID pandemic in early to mid 2020, they were really down almost 30%. And now they're up 20% from the prior. So that's like a 50% hike, you know, um, roughly speaking, uh, even more 60% from that period. Again, something that's transitory. We know how competitive the airline industry is on pricing. And so, okay, agreed, Fed, that is transitory. Moving on to something that didn't really get affected by the shutdown. We all still needed breakfast cereal and bakery products. That was not something that was shut down. I wouldn't call it a reopening category. You can see from January of 20, uh, straight up, not massive, but 4.7% or almost 5%. These are the kind of numbers that would cause economists within the Fed, voting members on the committee to say, hey, this is not entirely transitory any longer. We need to make sure we don't cause inflation expectations to rise too much. We need to taper. We need to taper now uh, so that we're not rushed on hiking rates later, because you can't really hike rates until you complete the taper and the stopping of the, uh, of the asset purchases. So we are seeing now signs uh, that this is creeping uh, more than I think the Fed anticipated. So I expect an announcement next week and the market expects it as well. Wholesale inventories for July rose six tenths of a percent right in line with expectations following a very big 1.2% gain in June. We've had a long succession of inventory builds, which is positive. Sales rose 2%. That's positive as well. The inventory to sales ratio uh, was 1.2. So plenty of room for that to continue to grow. We also saw a pretty big move in the uh, Biden tax proposal over the weekend, which uh, we backed off some of the more draconian uh, progressive elements uh, pretty substantially, frankly, uh, and that's what's caused the market to rally up a little bit this morning. First of all, for those of you in California, like I am, one of the things that uh, harmed us is, you know, our property taxes are so high, our state taxes are so high, we always said, well, we could deduct them from our federal, you know, income. That limit was lowered to $10,000 uh, in the last administration. And that is being uh, telegraphed today that there'll be a significant change in that $10,000 limit, whether that means it's just fully deductible like it was in the past, or it goes to 30,000, or it's, for, it's unlimited for people with a, a earned income to a certain level, we don't know yet, but that would be a, a tax cut for people in high income tax states. Corporate tax rate, they were trying to get up to 28, from the current 21, they're signaling 26.5. We've said all along, we'd probably end up settling at 25 and that the market would, would accept it. In other words, it wouldn't harm the markets particularly. What was going to harm the markets very significantly was capital gains tax hikes uh, up to 30%, or excuse me, it was actually a typo. I think it was up to 39.6, it was. It's 40%, that is a typo, I apologize. Um, plus, of course, the Obamacare surtax, which would have been an absolutely job-destroying job uh, set of, of uh, tax proposals. They're now looking at 25% instead of 396 uh, Obviously, most of us would prefer zero as investors, 0% uh, capital gains tax rates. 
25 is not as bad as 39.6. We're also looking to add a tax on companies who buy back their own stock. Well, the reason companies buy back their own stock instead of paying higher dividends is because we have such high taxes on dividends. Uh, and it's a way to return profits to shareholders. It's the right thing to do, of course. We'll see if that goes anywhere. And then we had over the weekend, uh, I think it was Friday or Saturday, an editorial on the Wall Street Journal by Senator Max Baucus, a Democrat. And he said, we have to resist the plan to eliminate the step-up basis of death on capital gains. That's the biggest tax uh, benefit we have as Americans to pass on to our spouse only, free of capital gains, um, all of our assets, whether it's our stock portfolio, our real estate, or our small businesses, and that is uh, has been proposed to be eliminated, uh, which would be very, very challenging. Keep that basis when the spouse goes to sell massive, massive tax. Uh, so uh, movement there has caused the market to be happy this morning. This week's economic data, small business optimism index tomorrow, Tuesday, along with CPI. CPI is the biggie of the week. How bad is it going to be? Uh, or does we are we going to start to see some rollover? If you look at com commodities, a lot of the commodities like corn and lumber, et cetera, they have rolled over quite a bit, and that's positive. We hope that continues. New York State manufacturing, import and export prices, industrial production and utilization. Uh, regular claims for unemployment expect to be in the low threes again. That's fantastic. A little decline in retail sales are expected. Some of the waning effects of uh, checks given to people. Philly Fed, inventories, and consumer sentiment. None of these is massive other than, I guess, the CPI. Uh, all is in advance of Fed meeting next week. So watch the Fed members speak this week. That will give you a pretty clear indication of what's likely to be said at the end of that FOMC meeting next week. Don't forget, you can hear us on uh, Slaying Bulls and Bears. That's the name of the podcast, all the different podcast formats. I thank you for tuning in. I will see each and every one of you again uh, next week. Thank you for listening to Slaying Bulls and Bears. If you'd like to download the slides for this week's podcast, go to www.efficient-portfolios.com and join our mailing list. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, rate us online, and share with a friend if you found this helpful. See you next week.